What what was that? Well, I, I have a new phone here. You do? Yeah. What happened to your fancy one you used to have? Well, I'll, I guess I'll tell you about that later, I guess. Later? Yeah. Does that mean I'm going to have to listen to the the show? This boring show to find out what's going to happen? Yeah, you really do have to listen to the whole show. There goes my evening. Yeah. This is At The Nexus, episode 37. The Intergrand of HD on Saturday, August 11th, 2012. And now with more people that are used to being disappointed. This episode is hosted by Ryan Rampersad with co-host Matthew Petchel and without guest Sam Eberts. How's it going? Hey, it's going good. Yeah, that's good. This has been a long week. Yeah. Um, Seems like I haven't done this show in like a long time, yeah. like much longer than normal. Even though there's no very little news this week, we have so much to talk about. I know, there was, there was really not much news this week and uh, I was kind of sad initially, but then I realized I have other things to talk about. So Yeah, we just... We decided to use this episode as just packing in all the other things that's happened, but we don't really, it's not really newsworthy because it's a developing story. Right. And now we're ready to talk about it. Well, but we even have our own content this time, so that's pretty cool too. Your own content? Yeah. Our own news. Yeah, a lot of our own You know, news. and that never happens here. Yeah, we're always reporting somebody else's. <laughs> the Verge! <laughs> what are you trying to say? And all our stories come from there. You know, because that's the legit, the only legit site that publishes news anymore. Ours Technica, what about them? Yeah, but new, ours doesn't cover nearly as much. And if they do, then they don't get on uh, TechMeme. Well, what isn't on TechMeme? Well, only The Verge is. Every 30 seconds, I got a bloody tweet. Don't follow them. No, follow, don't. Please I, don't okay, follow okay, them. Okay, okay, okay. I, I guess I should say, don't follow them on Twitter, but follow them somewhere else. Yeah, where you can't be bothered by them. Well, I suppose. So what did you do this week? Anything big? Anything fun? Exciting? Revolutionary? Um, yeah. Really? Yes. Oh. Yes. I had a three-way battle of Magic the Gathering. It was fantastic. Really? How did that go? Went all night long. I, I, I hear you were uh, dominating. Yes, uh, my renegade demon powered by homicidical... <laughs> nah. Homicidical solitude. That's a tongue twister. My renegade demon powered by homicidical seclusion. It's a funny name. It's ridiculous. But basically I was stealing your life and giving it to myself in sufficient quantities each turn. So you were poking holes on our strategy. Yes. And just utterly decimating our life points. So basically everybody has 20 life points to start of the game. And I had like 40 and you guys had like 10 each. Yeah, and then and then we all lost because we couldn't destroy his life points before ours were destroyed. Yeah, I mean, Sam mounted a last effort right at the end because he found a way to use a spell to break my monster, mm-hmm. and the next turn I had the swift boots that would have allowed me to be hexproof. I see. Well, isn't Sam lucky? Yeah, and then then he dominated the next two games. Well, speaking of luck, uh, you know, unfortunately, this he this got that. yeah, we don't we don't have that, but Sam especially, I suppose. You know, there are meteors, meteors today. Meteors? Have yeah. you heard of those? Yeah, I have. I think it's the Perseid meteor shower. Is that what it is? Perseid? I cannot tell you because I don't care. Well, you know what? We can't see it today. You know why? Let me tell you why. They're clouds. Clouds. Yeah. Saw one last night, but... A, a cloud? No, a meteorite. Oh, really? How was that? Yeah, it was, it was pretty High quick. resolution? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, at first I thought it was just my eye going crazy like it normally does, but then it's going on, so I figured it was that. Because it could have been a neutrino, too. Well, you know, it. Uh, I, we were gonna go out to this park in the middle of nowhere, but I was just gonna Skype in because I don't, I don't do that kind of stuff. But, you know, would have been cool to see some of them. So today yeah. was the the the, where, peak. Where, the peak, but there will be plenty tomorrow and plenty for the rest of the week probably. Yeah, I think it'll meteor shower last sixteen days or something. Yeah, something like that. So we, there's plenty of time. It's just there will be less of them at per minute. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of them per minute right now. Yeah, so many tons. Yeah, but um. 
when we were out for a walk yesterday, like when I saw the meteorite, I saw something more interesting and much, much more suspicious. This was incredibly odd, and I was actually here to witness this, so this was actually a true story. You're afraid that my stories aren't true normally? Did I say that? Sounds like you were trying to. Hmm. That might actually be a true story, then. Well, I got another story about this chair, but moving on to this other thing first. <laughs> okay. Um... So I step outside for a walk, and you're following behind me. Um, you just had to quick find a leash or something. Yeah. And I see this truck turning down um, Hewitt. Yeah. Um, we, we, hmm, that's yeah. not a truck route. That's yeah. weird. Right. Because uh, we live in a very residential area. Yeah. Like, um, we have, we're by a trucking route. But, but the trucking route does not go into the residential yeah. area. Mm-hmm. And so this is it, weird. It turns the corner, and, you know, it's dark. This is 1 a.m. Right. And yeah. it's, it turns the corner, and it's dark. And, of course, there's a street light, so then we eventually do get to see it when it's yeah. closer to us. It, it's circling around the blocks. Right. And it's a giant Samsung truck. Literally. Promoting it, it, Google. It, no, it's promoting Samsung. There was, like, a Samsung Galaxy player and a Samsung Galaxy tab on the side. And it had big words, Samsung, up on the front. And a little Google on the bottom. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of funny. It was very weird. So uh, when I saw that, actually, I tweeted later that night. I'm not sure what the exact tweet was, but something along the line along the lines of, "We saw a Samsung Samsung trunk uh, truck tonight, and uh, there were some squad choirs. There must be localized patent infringement." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of sad. That to send the police for that. Well, I mean, it's I just hate to be the officer to respond to that one. What's going on here, ma'am? Patent infringement. Yeah. Yeah. But it's better than dealing with IBOP. Well, you know, the International Baccalaureate Organization Police will take your rights away if possible. Hmm. Especially your right to drink water while you're taking a four-hour test. Just saying. Yeah. But we won't take away your right to access your testing material after you finish the test. Like, we won't lock it or do anything. Your tests are just public knowledge. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, we got some new stuff here in the studio this week. Yeah, why don't you tell us about it? Well, I got some new headphones for the guests that we have. Because, you know, every week we're supposed to have a guest. Oh, ours um got uh, latrinoed. Yeah, vanished. Just yeah. obliterated It'll into uh, Stardust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, no, so I got some headphones for the guests. Because, as you know, I provide uh, headphones for the um, co-host, usually. Unfortunately, our guests never were able to hear themselves. So with the new headphones, they're about the same quality as the ones you use for your co-host position. Uh, so when they sit there at the end of the table, they can now hear themselves in their full uh, HD glory. That's pretty good. Yeah, through analog, I might add. Hmm. Uh, but it, but it's nice. They they fit pretty well. I don't know where they are right now or somewhere. Yeah, I noticed they're kind of small based. They are a little small, even for me. Um, but that's okay. I mean, the guests shouldn't be wearing them that long. So um, I think it's fine. But the the bigger uh, addition to the studio this week, I think, is the recording tool I have now. So it's a Sony voice recorder. So it's now, um, we all know the story, right? A couple of weeks ago, Sam came back and he crashed my computer with QuickTime. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't like that. I didn't like having to piece it together through eight hours of hard, audacious Python code. So I got this backup recorder. What are you eating? Daddy Ray's Fig Bars. Daddy Ray. Daddy Ray's. Wow. Well, so this new recorder, it, it's actually pretty nice. Uh, so it records at 192 kilobits per second mono. Uh, somewhere along the line of chords we have here, all of our audio turns to mono anyway, and it's just duplicated across streams, or, you know, left and right channels. Mm-hmm. So we're in mono anyway. You don't tell anyone, though. So it doesn't really matter. 
Uh, but it re- records really well. It's high quality. It actually almost sounds better than the computer recording from Audacity. I don't really know that for sure, but it's just my initial testing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're actually testing it for the first time right now, today. Wow. So, and it's actually going pretty well. Uh, I've tested a little bit before, but this is a good good try. Uh, it's really nice. I'm, I, I have a 2 gig micro SD card. It can go for um, 24 hours or so of raw audio at that quality. Mm. So that's plenty for me. Yeah. If I need more, I'll just get a new card. Sounds like you got it all figured out. Uh, so it's a backup recording. So you know, if we load QuickTime, we won't lose everything again. We might even find some things we didn't know we had. Yeah. Because you know how we start the show a couple of times. Right. Exactly. We haven't done that yet today. That's... Is this a show? Well, we're 10 minutes in. I'd hate to ruin it by saying something stupid right now. Hmm. Is this a show? This is a show. This is the show. I see no reason why it shouldn't be. Okay. Well, I want to talk about WordPress really quick. I've got I've got two site related things that I need to talk about. I want to talk uh, about here, that? As long as you explain my square conundrum later. The logo. Oh, okay. I'll, uh, that'll make the third then. That was kind of funny. <laughs> Just blink at you. Yeah, watch out. Yeah. Well, okay. So, first of all, WordPress. So, um, if anybody has noticed, the feeds have changed again. <laughs> Are you so you're telling me figs and diet coke don't go together? Okay. I just the state that I always fill popcorns up with water before we start the studio. Just try not to start the studio, but start the recording. And that was most definitely not water. What was it? It was Diet Coke. So, so it's what the can was labeled. It never happens. Okay. Well, so WordPress. Mm-hmm. The feeds have changed again. Have you noticed? No, I don't use that website. <sighs> well, I can see why, because it sucks. But anyway, the problem is, there's a bunch of really old plugins I use because they're they're old because they they work but they're old and when you read old plugins it uses old PHP coding standards. Want no secret? Sure. There are no standards for PHP. Uh, did I say anything? Uh, so I can't fix some things. Uh, but for right now it appears to be working. So essentially what happened is I noticed that feeds were being updated, but it would take days, days. I tell you, days, huh? days, months, maybe, probably Whole just days. Months. Months uh, too long. So I had to do some stuff. But it works again, so rejoice. Also, <laughs> rejoicing. <laughs> Neckles on. Uh, also, another news: I've also replaced the FAQ with a wiki. I saw this, and this was amazing. It's a really nice wiki. The logo's huge on it. It's, it has a bunch of stuff. You can read it, and you can even add stuff. So, if you are named Ian Buck, you can add stuff to the wiki now. Wow, you're giving him that much power. Uh, anybody can edit it, actually. Well. You know how he likes getting his tentacles on things. I, I do know how he gets his tentacles and things. So speaking of logos, since I did mention that, you had a logo problem earlier. Tell us why first, though. Okay. So, as everybody knows, I'm running Debian 6.5 or 6.05 or something. Yeah. Um, you sure everybody knows that? Well. It should be assumed, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, Windows is unstable. The RC I was using was unstable. Um, Windows is normally pretty stable. Um, you were using a beta, consumer preview. Still should work. Oh, it shouldn't. Thing sucks. Wheezy should work just fine next month when I install it on here. Or a Debian 7. Wheezy. 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 If we had video, this would be funny. Yes, it would. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll laugh for the rest of the world. Okay. Um, but no, um, what was I saying? I was, had to install, um, this thing. And I just had the default browser, which is Ice Weasel, which is a reskin of Firefox 2. And, uh, apparently the fancy, Logo, which I thought was just an image, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, it's some whatever crap you've made. Um, so you're telling me that it looked different to you? Well, instead of the two triangles stacked on top of each other, mm-hmm. there's two triangles side by side in the shape of a square. 
So you're telling me instead of having two triangles, something like an N and an X together, it mm-hmm. just looked like a square with two colors? Yeah. Actually, I'll take a screenshot and put, put it on my blog. Okay, that sounds great. Yeah. Well, so you want to know the story behind that? Yeah, I would love to. So the way the website works is that it takes an image that's 500 pixels by 500 pixels. So it's mm-hmm. huge, right? Yeah. And it shrinks it down. Mm-hmm. So it maintains quality and it can be used in any size. So I only need to have one copy and it just, you know, goes up and down. Do you know how big that file is? No. It's five kilobytes. Five whole kilobytes? It's a 500 pixel image and it's only five kilobytes. That's how good that picture is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Firefox 2, or otherwise known as Ice Weasel, negative 10, uh, kind of doesn't know what uh, properties I was using in the CSS. It's not really a, an image tag. It's a just a, it's a div with a background image size property in it. Mm. And, well, let me tell you something. Since the property didn't exist back in 2004, it doesn't work. Hmm. Yeah. So it's like you don't think I should be using this browser. No, I don't, I don't think any human being should be using Ice Weasel. Only foxes. Hot foxes or cold foxes? Not the one from Channel 4. Oh, my mistake. That was a weasel. Never mind. Okay. Well, we'll look out for those anyways. I always get foxes and weasels confused. I'm sorry. They're essentially the same animal. I guess they might be. So you've had fun with WordPress this week, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And putting up the wiki, but putting them together. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, you want to talk about some news? Or? Yeah, let's uh, let the lightning come. Oh, let the lightning come. Okay. Well, speaking of lightning, I have a video. You have a video. So you know how we've been watching this anime show that that we're not talking about, but you know we're watching this anime and it's all about virtual reality. Yes. Well, this is a virtual reality uh, news item here. Well, it's called the Oculus Rift. That sounds ridiculous. I know, and it's the worst branding I've ever heard. Hmm. Uh, but it's an interesting product. It's an interesting Kickstarter, at least. I know you hate Kickstarter, which is why I like Kickstarter. Yeah, it's kind of like that. If I like something, you hate it, and if you promote something, I think it's awful. Yeah. So I'm I'm just gonna play some of the video. I'm not. I don't know how much I'm gonna play, but why don't you watch this? It's interesting. If I can make it bigger. It's funny. It was a quote from The Verge. Mm-hmm. Audio is coming. Trust me. My name is Paul Merlucky, and I'm a virtual reality enthusiast and the designer of The Rift. Games are something I'm really passionate about, and even more than playing games, I'm passionate about bringing games to the next level. What we're doing at Oculus is trying to create the world's best virtual reality headset designed very specifically for gaming. Where this all started was in my parents' garage in Long Beach, California, And I was interested in stereoscopic displays, I was interested in head mounts, and the problem was there was nothing that gave me the experience that I wanted, the matrix, where I can plug in and actually be in the game. And I was sure that somewhere out there there was something that I could buy. And the reality is there's nothing. I set out to change that with the Oculus Rift. The magic that sets the Rift apart is immersive stereoscopic 3D rendering, a massive field of view, and ultra-low latency head tracking. John Carmack is one of the best developers in the world. The Doom, Quake, Commander Keen. Carmack saw some of my work. That's originally when he reached out to me. For a certain segment of the population, the hacker-maker crowd, this is going to be awesomely cool to work with. What I've got now is, I honestly think the best VR demo probably the world's ever seen. We're certainly going to take this into our future projects. We're getting involved in Oculus now because we see an incredible opportunity here for game developers to experience something new. The Rift is taking years of virtuality. So that's pretty interesting. So what do you you think about this? Well, 
So it's, it's uh, going to be a long time before I try any of this because I'm going to guess it's going to be expensive. Well, actually, I don't think so. I don't think it's going to be that expensive. So it's not mm-hmm. going to be like $1,000. I'm thinking what it's going to be more more like is probably on the terms of the smartphone price. So Which can be anything between $50 and I'm thinking, $6,000. I'm thinking, I'm thinking around iPad price, probably like $400, 400 500, 500. 500 or so. Initially, and so then more than any other council on the market right now. Yes, but this is something different. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know if that makes it up for it, but it's interesting anyway. Yeah. So, do you know the Ouya? Remember that? Now we have an Ouya story later. Oh no. Do you remember the Ouya, right? Yes, I remember Ouya. They got like eight hundred million or so from their Kickstarter. Yep. This has been on the Kickstarter for ten days, and it has one point five million. And they, they, their original goal was two hundred fifty thousand. So they're doing really well. Yeah. Now, of course, they're not going to get as much support as the Ouya did because the Ouya is more widespread. It's kind of a you know regular normal tier game console. This isn't. This is kind of a specialty thing. Mm-hmm. But this is really interesting. It's um you know uh, the first step into mass market VR, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of any other product that's done that so far. No, I don't think so. Not too many. Uh, so I'm, I, I, right now what they're doing is you can get, if you pay for the Kickstarter, um, let's see, how much is it? If you pay, um, 275, what you get, now I know this sounds sad, but you get an unassembled Rift prototype kit. Actually, I think it's fun. Well, that means you, you have to put the helmet thing together. That's fun. Well, that's kind of weird. How much is it? 275. 275 right now. for an unbuilt helmet. And it's a prototype. Uh, also, if you pay 300 you get the, the actual one that, that is put together. So, just 25 bucks more and you actually get one that works. Um, but then, this. but you, you also get the SDK and so you can start developing with it now, early, uh, for only 300 bucks. And the reason I'm thinking mass market, mass market could be four to 500. I'm thinking initially they'll come with some software and some stuff to make it better. So it probably mm-hmm. could be hardware cost and software cost. Yeah. But it could be even cheaper than that. You know, last week we had that little thing with the moving magic hands. The, what was that called? Leap Motion? That was only like 79 bucks. Remember that? Supposedly. So, I mean, it theoretically, it could be priced reasonably, maybe. I'm going to be skeptic until it's, you know, actually released. Yeah, who knows when that'll happen. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of years. But at least we have a step into that direction. Okay. So. Oh, 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 ah, uh, crap. Okay. Okay, loading. Okay. Mm. I cached all the things so it should actually work. So I should be able to seamlessly do it now that I know I'm actually supposed to be going right now. <laughs> Alright, so. I got, um, a great story for you. So, you know the crap face company? No. You don't know about Apple? Oh, Apple. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know them. So, on the internet, what is the most popular website? Um, the Nexus-TV? Wrong. Oh, darn. Um, but I don't know if it's the most popular, but everybody goes to YouTube all the time. YouTube? Oh, yeah, yes. YouTube. I know YouTube all is so popular. Yeah, everybody goes to YouTube um, once like, or twice. Hey, 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 check out this video, Ryan. This it's cat. Magical Trevor. He's disappearing a cow. <laughs> um, and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, but it's... It's a bonding way. Like everybody, like everybody shows their friends little videos when they go over to their right, house exactly. and do things. Yeah, all the time. And then it was cool because now you can do that on your devices. You can take out your iPad and hit the YouTube thing and then show people the funny YouTube videos. Right. Well, iOS 6, Magical Trevor. Hi. I like Magical Trevor. <laughs> um, but they're pulling, they're pulling the app. You won't be able to use YouTube. What, what is Apple pulling? YouTube app. Apple is pulling the YouTube app. They are. From what? iOS 6. Wow. That is ridiculous. Yeah. So it's going to be updated this fall. And um, 
This has been confirmed by both Mac Rumors and uh, 9to5Mac. It's even been confirmed by Apple. It is a travesty. Uh, you know, I don't believe anything Apple says. So it's really weird. So apparently, Apple has a licensing agreement with YouTube, and by YouTube I mean Google, and the license expired this summer. Mm-hmm. You know, from the time of four years ago when they, you know, initially got YouTube as an app, right? Yeah. Well, what I hear, though, is that it really doesn't matter anymore because a lot of people, a lot of people get to YouTube by going to links, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're in Twitter, you're on Facebook, and it opens a link. Yeah. And so, uh, what I hear is you can do YouTube videos usually really just right in Safari because it's all HTML5. I suppose, but still, um, the app like tracks your viewing records, right? And everything so you can. Else. It's easier to log into the app. It's yeah. easier to upload things in the app. It's easier to do some things in the app. I agree, but I don't know if it matters so much that they lose an app. Uh, I, I wonder too if this is part of Apple's distancing from Google. You know, when they lost Maps or when they kicked out the yeah. Google Maps and they bought their own. That kind of surprised me, but... I mean, uh, Google, I mean, will always retain YouTube and, you know, just stuff. But Apple will never make a YouTube competitor. That would be ridiculous. It's a lot mm-hmm. harder. It's a lot It's a lot harder to scale video than it is to scale mapping. But do you know what always cracked me up? Maybe. YouTube made their own competition with Google Video. Well, they made it before they bought it. Yeah, before the YouTube, but right. still they haven't killed it off, even though they said, what, six mm-hmm. years ago? Yeah, they yeah, they, they did say that. I agree. Hmm. Well, you know how it is. They can't part with it. No. Well, they they are sunsetting now, this year. Allegedly. Maybe. Uh, okay, this happened six years ago, almost. They said officially. Oh, and officially it was supposed to be gone then. And I it's know. Been, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Well, so I have an interesting story here for you. You mm-hmm. like batteries. I do. Yes, I'm well. I'm quite fond of them. Well, my new phone, you can't even remove the battery, but more on that later. Uh, so, Korean scientists, you know, scientists in Korea, you've heard of those people, right? I have heard of Korea. They all work at Samsung. <laughs> Um, they actually have solved an interesting problem recently. They, they, they sold a part problem? Solved. Solved, okay. You know what they made? What they made? A flexible battery. Wow. So the flexible battery essentially can be twisted and applied to curved surfaces, and it's, it's done in this weird coat and peel stick way. So you peel something off of the thing it makes it, and then you stick it, and then you peel the next layer off, and you stick it, and you peel the next layer, and so on, mm-hmm. and it makes a battery. And so, um, you can have it in any shape. You can twist it up, curl it into a ball, or do whatever you want. And it'll, as long as it's one surface in any form, it can just be there and it works. Cool. So it could could be on a t-shirt? Right. It could be on a t-shirt and it actually could be the entire t-shirt. And then a fabric applied over it and it could just be a big battery. Now, the, uh, the downside of this right now, of course, it's new technology. It doesn't have a lot of capacity, but it does work. They, They are powering LEDs with it right now. Well, then throw some LEDs on a shirt and walk around and Yeah, school. so that's ha- already half the battle. Yeah. Yeah. Instant mm-hmm. fan base. Yeah. So imagine the Nexus logo lit up with LEDs. I couldn't imagine that. I mean, I could, I could totally see a 5x5. Five five. <sighs> Our competitors. Yeah. Oh, um, let's talk about a, another crap face company I don't like. Which one? Um, actually, I, I, I like Microsoft. Um, but I used to have a lot of Asus computers before I started building my own. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Acer is now begging Microsoft to uh, think twice about making Surface tablets. Um, basically, they're really... Angry at Microsoft. From what I gathered, you're angry at me for some reason. <laughs> I was just making sure you read the article. Yes, um, they're thinking that this is going to generate a lot of negative uh, competition in the PC, in the Surface oh. tablet market. Oh, like, yeah, There's going to be f- fighting between them and not trying to kill Apple. Well, essentially what it's going to be is the, the, the OEMs, the manufacturer partners of Microsoft, you know, everybody who buys Windows to put it on the computers and then mm-hmm. sells it off to some loser? Yeah. 
well, if Microsoft is selling computers directly and tablet, uh, a tablet isn't really a computer in my it's opinion, the first step. but a Surface is more like a computer than and less like a tablet than a tablet, I guess. Well, I mean, it's going to cause some, you know, anger in the OEM markets. It, mm-hmm. it just is. It's going to. I mean, yeah. you can't escape from that. Unfortunately, Microsoft's going to do it anyway. I mean, I don't think the t- Surface is going to win any any people over. Why yeah. would I buy a Surface for college versus a regular laptop? Tell me. Go ahead. It's very new, modernized system looking. Oh, that's a story that I hear later. Yeah. Hmm. Well, hmm. You know, you know, when Windows Vista came out, there was this big packaging thing that they made it look really extravagant, and then Windows 7 simplified it a lot. You remember the Windows 7 packaging, right? Yeah. Just a big orange cover or a big green cover or a big blue cover if you got Pro. Mm-hmm. And then you open the box and you just take it out. Well, so now Windows 8 packaging, it's no longer transparent. Now it's black and white. Oh, so you know, well, it's kind of funny. You know, you know the box box art designs for Adobe products right now. Mm-hmm. If you ever see those, you can just go to Adobe.com and you can just see all of their funny little swooshes and colors and all sorts of weird things. And if you look at those and you look at the Microsoft boxes for Windows 8, very similar. Weird. Almost as if pulling on Adobe. It's just really weird. I don't know. Of course, when are you gonna when when did anybody even see a box for Windows? I mean, unless you like went to a store to buy it. Yeah, I mean, I, when I got mine through college, I didn't even uh, no, this, you just got a little me a key. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, same, same. I don't know. We'll see. Also, we got another Windows story right away. So everybody knows that um, in XP, they came Windows came with a beautiful movie editing software. Yes, it did. Windows Movie Maker. Mm-hmm. Back then, it was the only one of its kind, and it was really good. Right. Um, like for general. Consumer yeah. use. You know, it was something um, basic. And like, free. I made my History Day project with it and did some other little things with it. Um, but now it's finally getting a revamp. Because, like, in Vista, you had to go find some crack in the universe and pull it out. Like, it wasn't default on the install. And you really had to find it. I mean, you literally had to Google it. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was it a hard find. Well, it wasn't something you could just find on the desktop or pre-install. Yeah. And Windows 7 didn't have it either. No, you had to also download it. But that's changing. Um, Windows 8 and newer versions of 7, I guess, um, it can, the new version of the software can also be installed in Windows 7 is the new Movie Maker and Photo Previewer, Photo yeah. Gallery. Yeah, something like that. Um, well, what, what they're doing is they're releasing a, and it's just, I hate the naming for this, Windows Live 2012 Essentials. It's essential though. It's cool. Okay, so by putting it in 2012, does that mean... It's over. It's over. 2012 is just about over. And in 2013, it's going to look old on day one. Like inst- no, if no, you it's could- going to look very new modernized. Like, it should have just been Windows 8 Essentials. That's what they literally should have called this package. I don't understand. Like, who is doing this? Well, anyway, you still have to download it. It's not. It's still not going to be bundled. But you'll be able to find it. Hopefully. I wouldn't be so sure. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't. Do you do you normally peruse the Microsoft website? Never. Well, I don't think anybody else does. Somebody either. else will recommend it, and then you'll find a link for it. No, so. I don't think so. Well, if we found the story, we will find the software. Normal people aren't going to find the story, nor the software. Well, normal people should start listening to our show. I agree. Well, and it's interesting also that they're adding uh, Vimeo support into the uh, auto upload for uh, Movie Maker. You know who also upload or added this recently? Uh, iMovie. Yes, and uh, and iOS six and uh, Mountain Lion. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Um, but Movie Maker has also some cool new text effects that uh, utilize the H.264 format. Yeah. By default. Yeah, I don't know why that's exciting. Well, if Microsoft wants to 
use that again after hmm. this kind of lost their crap earlier. Yeah, this year. I don't know about that. It's weird. Well, you know, you know how last week we talked about the huge, ridiculous lawsuit where Metro AG in Germany decided to tell Microsoft that hey, we own Metro, and then Microsoft was sad, and so then they started calling everything Windows 8 UI style mm-hmm. or style UI or something like that, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You don't know, you call it Metro, and I call it Metro, so it's still going to be Metro, right? Yeah, in our little corner of the universe. <laughs> uh, oh, you said something funny. Sorry. Oh, yes, the universe. <gasps> uh, but I love what you said the other day. Like, how, what was it? Be at the Nexus is the only good show in the universe. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, Microsoft is now going to refer, or at least this is what the rumor is. Some employees have been spotted saying this. They're going to refer to Metro style as modern UI style. Mm, that's pretty good. Really? So I wrote a little piece on this a couple of days ago. And here's my problem. By calling it, by calling Metro, like, I'm always going to call it Metro because that's what it is. It's actually a name of something. It's a style. Mm -hmm. By calling Metro Modern, in five years when they go to the next interface, what are they going to call that? Moderner? The new modern. The new modern interface. So, hold on. Uh, You can't do that enchantment again. No, it's this wrong. Mm, Close, but not. No, it's right. No, No, this is right. More upright. Tim Cook would cry if he sees you. Well, whatever. If he sees you? If he sees you. <laughs> okay. Your mustache is sad. Yes. I agree. Well, the problem is I have with this is, so you know high definition, HD, right? Mm-hmm. What is HD right now? Tell me. 1080. 1080p. Yeah. Five years. What is HD going to mean? 1080. No, it won't. In 10 720. Years- that's also HD by some standards. Yeah, I know that's true. But I don't believe that. Well, according to Apple, 720 is HD and 1080 is true HD if you look on iTunes. There's a lot of rustling over there. What is yeah, that? Figs. Figs. Okay. Well, so in five years, uh, when the next interface comes out or something, they're going to have to call it something else. The the new modern. Uh, that's just so dumb. Uh, I think you shouldn't call things something so general. So when HD came out, they, nobody planned for the next step in high definition, you know, viewing. When 4K comes out or 8K or whatever next standard, what is it, that going to be? HD plus or HD prime or what? That's ridiculous. I don't think it's going to be HD prime. No, that would be a step backward. Mm-hmm. That would be the standard definition. So it'll be the integrand of HD. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. another thing about Windows 8. I know it's on the show notes because I, I just added it right now. But you can go out, you know how last week it was released to manufacturers, Windows 8? Yeah. Already hit torrent sites. Already? Already. You're telling me yeah. that you can literally torrent Windows 8? Yeah. Did you? No. Oh. I don't have that kind of bandwidth anymore. Right. Um, but no, um, a lot of people are already starting to rip apart the source code looking for hacks and other things. Well, it's a good idea. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, on day one, they always issue updates and stuff. And not a big deal. Before you even get leave the manufacturer's thing. Well, you know, that happens. I wonder how often they remaster the discs. I don't know. I mean, that'll be a lot of uh, cost. To, cost a lot to do all that. I don't know. Would it really cost that much though? You just keep selling out old stuff until the new discs are ready. I don't know. Who knows? It's interesting. I should have a lot, mate. But either way, next to, on to the real story. Um, you know ARM. I have heard of ARM. You know those 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 low power chips that everybody yeah. uses in their phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that. Well, they have the next generation of their uh, mobile GPUs. Really? They're supposed to be really good. How so? Now, basically, um, their current flagship GPU is this quad-core um, male that's spelled a little transverse between the I and the L. So, Molly. I, I, some people might say that. 450. Um, it's in the Samsung Galaxy S3 uh, smartphones, and it's um, going to be replaced with this new multi-core system. Okay, this, this is not in English. What are you talking about? Which one are you reading? 
Well, once again, control plus plus plus. Turns out these figs affect my ability to read. Hmm. Does it? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. with food. So, these new chips will be 50% faster than the last predecessor. predecessor. Or 10 times faster than the Galaxy S2. How's that for a summary that I read previously and wrote for you? You did not write this for me. Perhaps you did and I didn't see it. Hmm. Well, that's the thing, because i just been going... I haven't looked at the show notes since we started. Like, i just been axing it because it had all the notes in order already. So Seems I skipped one, though. What, what, no, you didn't. Yeah. Did you want to know something about Chrome? Tell me something about Chrome. So, in a new version of Chrome, mm-hmm. your Flash will crash. No, right. I made that up. Now, actually, it'll crash less. So, in the uh, unreleased version of Chrome, so it's coming in either 22, 23, probably, uh, so soon... Mm-hmm. There's a new way of sandboxing Flash. So I don't know if Google has been working with Adobe directly or if they've just been hacking away at this themselves. But what's going to happen is, you know, tab isolation, right? Yeah. So any, um, like, let's say you open a bunch of Google.com websites and something goes wrong and it crashes. Well, only Google.com websites will have a crash. So those tabs will die. But the other tabs you have open won't. So they're isolated. Yeah. So that's the idea of sandboxing. And there's some more going on behind it, too. So some memory can't access other memory and some files can't access other files, right? That's the idea of sandboxing. Mm-hmm. Well, Flash never had that before. Um, the same instance of Flash on any domain would just be the same instance. It wasn't like it was shared, right? Mm-hmm. Well, now it's going to be completely isolated from each instance, which is great. So when Flash crashes, your browser won't, nor will your tabs. Only Flash. Wow. So yeah. it, it's it's really a big improvement. Uh, it's not it's not even I don't even think it's in a dev channel yet. I think it's uh, even before that. Uh, so one of the interesting notable things about this is the NP API, the Netscape Plugin Application Programming Interface was what everybody used pre- previously. So, you know in the old days when you'd get a new computer or you reinstall Windows, you'd install your big browsers, you know, your Firefox, your Chrome, your Safari, and your uh, Oracle, right? Mm-hmm. I mean Opera. You're, but I like my Oracle. <laughs> I like my open source Oracle. No. Uh, well, so you'd install those, and then you'd have to install Flash twice. You'd have to install Flash in Internet Explorer, which you'd mm-hmm. never use anyway, so why bother? And then you'd have to install Flash in Firefox, which would also install it for the other three. Yeah. Well, then Google started doing their own Flash, and then stopped mattering. And then nobody stopped, started continuing to use Firefox, so then it stopped mattering. Yeah. Well, the Netscape plugin API was what let you install it in one place and then use it for four browsers. Everybody implemented the same API. Well, Chrome no longer even does that. Now it's using the Pepper plugin API. Yeah, I've heard of this. We covered this before. Mm-hmm. Long time ago. Yeah. But it's finally now being used, so that's nice. exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What so, else do you yeah. have? I got a sad story for you. Sad? And by sad, I mean really happy. Oh. So. I was looking forward to the sadness. Yeah. So imagine that you had little ones at home, and you're working for Google, and there's a bunch of little mini Oh, this is like a dream. Yeah. It's it's just like, imagine a photo that was black and white, and just very, very Instagram-ish. Yes. And then, um, some bloke comes around and runs you over with his truck. I'm not referring to me at all. (laughs) I know you're not. (laughs) Um, and you die. Oh, wow. How sad. If you're working for most companies, your family is screwed. Yeah, like, pretty much. You don't get anything from them. You, maybe if you had a life insurance policy, that's, that's good. But Google, for 10 years after your death, will continue to support your family, um, with, um, 50% of what you're making. That's pretty good. And if you have, and if you had dependent little Ryans at home, um, they'd receive a thousand dollars a month, or you'd receive the money, or your spouse, or your Somebody. baby mama, um, <laughs> will get a thousand dollars a month for each child that was on that. And if they went to, um, it would be raised to 23 if they were a full-time student. 
Um, so it's, it's kind of nice that the company Google's looking out for their employees. So now I think it's interesting that there's no tenure requirement. Yeah, you work there for a month and family's taken care of. Right, and it's kind of weird. Um, so people have been quizzing Google about this and asking some finer points about it, and then there really there aren't that many things to say about it. Uh, it just it does exactly what it says. You get fifty percent of your spouse's salary if they worked at Google for ten years. I mean that's mm-hmm. that's amazing. It is. No other company does it. I mean, it's it's long enough for you to figure out some way to also work at Google and get married and then do the same thing. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's uh. Do you think that do you think that's one of Google's? Why do you think this only came out now? Why haven't we heard about this before? I don't know. Maybe it's a new policy. You know, because for years we've we've known that Google's been a fun place to work, right? You get a bunch yeah, of money. You get you get, food, you get free you get food. A Prius. You get a Prius. You get your um. What do you call that scooter thing that people ride on? Segway. Um. You get all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. And in the olden days, you just got a scooter to go server maintenance. That's always hilarious. It's interesting. I don't. But one thing I liked about this um, article on The Verge is that um, this guy has a shirt saying, "I'm feeling lucky." Well, I mean, you know, it looks why. like he's just about to fall off a cliff. I and mean, die. I mean, you know why? Yeah, he's working for Google. Well, and he waited to be on the cover of The Verge. Must be lucky. Hmm. Falling off a cliff. You know, that is an interesting picture. Now that you pointed out. Yeah. Huh. I mean, normally I just skip the picture. Yeah. Normally I don't even look at pictures. Yeah. Well, let me tell you about something uh, even more uplifting. Puppies? No, sprint. Seals. Sprint. Sprint. Same sprint. thing. Well, you're telling me about some seal girls. Yeah, before. in the Olympics. Um, rhythmic gymnastics. They, the girls dress up like seals and put a ball on their nose and grab it with their feet while it's still on their nose and roll around. So the other day, a blanket fell on my dog. And it looked like a seal. Apparently. I didn't think so, but somebody was telling me that it did. Yeah. Well, seals are important. Was that you? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Your dog seems to like playing with a leash more than a ball. Yeah, that's a weird dog behavior. Well, let me tell you about Sprint. So you know Virgin Mobile, right? Yes. You lay down? No. Okay. Why do you always say that? Why don't you listen to our competitors? <laughs> okay. Well, so you know Virgin Mobile. You know how their their new mm-hmm. thing, uh, higher calling? Mm-hmm. Well, I think Sprint's CEO is also going something to that end. So Dan Hesse, the CEO of Sprint, says... Is he answering to the highest calling? Probably. Uh, at Sprint, we describe it internally as being the good guys or or doing the right thing. And he says that Sprint is giving people unlimited for a fair price. And they're giving people WiMAX options while they're beginning... Or cheaper WiMAX options while they're beginning to roll in LTE. And they're making changes to this to the network, to the company... To make it better for people. Hmm. And internally they view it as being the good guys. Yeah. And these are words straight from the mouth of the CEO. Do you think this is true? Well, they can say whatever they want. They're doing a great job with Virgin Mobile, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, do you think the Virgin Mobile greatness... You know, we like Virgin Mobile, right? You like Virgin Mobile? For the most part. I like them, the, for the I like them more than any other cell phone provider there is. Right. So essentially what Sprint is doing is they're being the least evil, right? Or saying they're going to try to be. Right. Okay, I mean, Virgin Mobile is being the least evil, and I think Sprint wants to follow the same path. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's interesting that they're pushing towards this, you know, being the good guys, because a lot of people do view AT&T and Verizon as being the bad guys, being the people that rip you off every month. Yeah. yeah. Everybody knows AT&T is evil. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's been that way for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. And hundreds of years. But, I, but I, I do look forward to Sprint being changed for the better. Mm-hmm. I hope so. Yeah. Okay, so um, back in high school, I used to be kind of a gamer, and I used to um, have a Steam account. I used to buy games through that all the time. Steam is the thing by Valve that lets you like get games yes. or something. Okay, um, just making sure. And basically, it was one of the first services where you didn't buy a CD. 
Like you, you download the game and you play the game. And that was one of the first companies that really embraced um, just cloud downloading and installing and all the other things. So it's game on demand. Yes. That's cool. Um, and so, you know, like let's say you are a small company and you write software that's non-game software. Hmm. Um, how would you disperse it to a large crowd of people? Well, if it was um, an app... Like, on an iPhone, I would use the App Store. If it was an app like on Android, I'd use the Android Store. If it was on Windows, I don't think I'd have a good solution. You wouldn't. Um, But now you can... Steam will now be carrying non-gaming software on their client. That'd be interesting. Yeah, so you just... um, I don't know how this quite works yet, but if you had some stuff, you'd just talk to Steam. I'm I'm sure they have requirements and you have to be something good for that to go on Steam. Right, well, um, what what I'm going to guess is that you have to um, also apply some Steam Durham into your app. Mm-hmm. Like you get an SDK from Steam and you Steamify it. Yeah, yeah. But either way, it's it's finally an option for other people to put their code out there. Do you think? Um, so one of the things with Steam right now is that mostly just gamers know about Steam. Like if I ask my parents, you know what Steam is, they're gonna say, "Would you leave the stove on?" So okay. Uh, I think that Steam by also carrying other non-game software will broaden the audience for their yeah. usage. Now, I don't know if that'll make any more money, like, on, uh, as a side point from just selling new software. Yeah. But it definitely will increase their exposure. Mm-hmm. Really now, would. now, from what I've read is that this is also an interesting contrast because two weeks ago we heard our good friend Gabe Newell, who's always watching you, um, uh, that he thinks Windows 8 is a catastrophe. But mm-hmm. what if the catastrophe is the app store that Windows 8 is going to, going to have also? What if the catastrophe is this, uh, you know, store model that Steam has? What if that also would conflict with the Windows 8 store that's going to be built in on an app and on every computer by default that carries Windows 8? What if that is the catastrophe they're referring to? Then they've found a solution. Yeah, but but do you think people are going to pick one over the other? Wouldn't you pick the one that is integrated to your operating system? I could see everybody in the world doing that, but I know I would not. Well, I know you wouldn't, but I I agree. Everybody else in the world probably Mm -hmm. probably might. I don't know. Yeah. So, you know about the OUYA. I see I mentioned the OUYA, so let's yeah. talk about it. It's done. No longer collecting money from Kickstarter. Do you know how much they raised? Um, ten times what they tried to get. A little bit under ten times, but $8.5 million. That's a lot of money. Do you know how much money that is? A lot. For, you know, just putting up one page on one website 30 days ago. I mean, if we tried to raise money, do you know how many dollars we'd get in 30 days? 19. Probably $19, yes. Donate from yourself? I did that to the art show once. Okay. Yeah, never happened again. Never will. But here's the thing. They say that if you want to buy an OUYA, so you could buy an OUYA in the Kickstarter, so if you paid $99, you could get an OUYA, right? Like, mm-hmm. they just send you one. Yeah. For, you know, paying money up front and stuff. Well, you can actually get an OUYA in March for a low, low price of $109. Oh, how much was the Kickstarter thing again? $99. Uh, so it's a, just a $10, you know, regular overprice. But you get to know that you were the first. Right, and of course you also get some like pre pre notifications, and you get to be a part of the development community. Like you get to be included. Yeah, but it's going to be used as guinea pigs. Right, and I think it's and yeah, that's true. You get a first run, uh, but I think it's interesting that uh, well, you know, uh, they uh, raised that much money, and somebody actually was pleased with them. Yeah, um, that's surprised me. I don't really like Kickstarter for some reason, but that is kind of nice that they can. Um... You know, just raise that kind of money. Well, you don't like paying money for things. Like I really so- don't. Like software, I mean. What software have you purchased? Office 2013. Well, but the or- so- that's software everybody purchases. Windows. Discount. <sighs> that's software everybody purchases. 
Alpaca Man. Okay, that's not even software. Um, do you want to talk about the last one, or do you want me to do that? It was the last one? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't have it. I'm trying to find a commercial. What commercial? Uh, it, a new Toshiba thing that came out during the Olympics. I was watching the Olympics, and I saw this Okay, well, you look for your commercial, commercial, and I'll talk about printing your fetus. <laughs> no, I mean okay. literally. Go. Okay, so this Japanese company. Now, this is I think that's the key point. You know, tentacles and all. <laughs> well, the Japanese company. Let me see if I can find the name. Um... This is from a Japanese firm called Fasotech and Hero Ladies Clinic. Oh. So, you know what they do for you? What you pay them $1,235. I mean, 75 $1,275. And you know what they will do for you? They will print a copy of your fetus. What does that mean? I don't know how they do it, but that's what they say they will do. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, so they take it, they take a CT and MRI scan, and then they use a model to sculpt a 3D printout of your fetus. Wow, that's, uh. So, it's creepy. How about that? It is creepy. So you so. can get a mini model of your baby before it's born. That's kinda cool. Like cool hood ornament or something on your car. But it's creepy. But only in Japan, just so you know. Yeah. So, I just want to say something. Yeah? As you know, I'm using Ice Weasel. Uh, and right now I don't have, um. Flash. Speaker drivers. Oh, that. Um, no, I have Flash. Oh, wow. Um, That's impressive. So I'm, I have to send you this link right away so you can play this video. Why wouldn't you but just was, put it in the docs? Because I don't have the feature quite yet. Um, but I was trying to hit the attachment button. Oh. But, you know, I don't have that. But yeah. it's been so long since there's a CC and a BCC. Yeah, um, I know, right? It's just been really old. Hmm. But. Um, I was just thinking about the guinea pig thing, and so I wanted to show, play this video. Okay, um, well, I so got we're it. So to go to that, even though it's not been buffered and previewed by you first. Ah, whatever. It doesn't matter at this point. Yeah. I was just talking about printing your fetus. No, I'm good. Fig? No, I don't watch figs. But you just watch fetuses. Yeah. Well, as a professional medical test subject, I'm fine with being a guinea pig. Except when it comes to my laptop. I'm sick of tech companies treating paying customers like test monkeys. That's why I went with Toshiba's Satellite Ultrabook. They get it right before they release it. With its high-speed start and fast data transfer, it has everything I need. And no unforeseen complications. Testing unfinished products on the public? That's inhumane. The Satellite Ultrabook, only from Toshiba. Now, I thought the commercial was amazing. Can you tell me the context of the commercial? Like, why? Is that, like, I don't get it. Well, that's the time it's when companies build something, they just send it out without... Testing? Testing it. Like, oh. there's, there's bugs, there's other things. Um, but I guess Toshiba's satellites go through extensive testing before they send out. Well, that's... I just thought the commercial was funny because it's eyebrows. It is a funny commercial, I agree, but it's weird, too. It's not like the kitten one. No. That was just... My favorite one. Yeah, I know. So, do you want to talk about some plugs? Why don't we go with your plug first, because yours I actually have right here with me. Yes. I'm going to do a plug before that plug. Double plug. I'm double plugging you in the face. Don't say that. Um, <laughs> this is what my brother has been trying to plug, make me plug. It's called Mech Warriors Online. Um, it's a classic game. Everybody likes mechs. Mech Warrior. Mm -hmm. And um, even you, the non-gamer, knows that. Yeah. Um, but now there's a new online version of the game, and apparently it's really awesome, and it's free to play. You just have to pay if you want the super mechs. Interesting. And special paint. Oh. What's a special mech do? Dead. Oh, wow. Like mm. this insta-kill. Insta-kill. Well, that's going to be the successor to insta-paper mm -hmm. from our competitors. Yeah. yeah. Insta-kill's already a thing, though. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Mm. How sad. Well, maybe not. So, tell, about, tell us about your real plug. How about that? No, my real plug is for those of you who are hiding from the government, man. Because they always be snooping in on you. Always be, huh? They always be snooping. Be snooping. Oh, yeah. Huh. More than you know. Yeah. So... Basically, I'm running Gingerbread on my Android device, and um, the default messaging app is annoying. I don't like it. 
But Tech Secure Beta is uh, much prettier. And so right now, um, you have Mighty Text copying all your text messages onto your computer. Yep. So from the commercial, from what we were saying earlier, what does it look like to you? So what it really looks like to me is a bunch of Base64 encoded gibberish. Yes. It's exactly what it looks like to anybody trying to snoop outside of the phone. Um, it's what was the name of the app again? Uh, text Secure Beta. Okay. It encrypts your text messages before it sends it, and then it decrypts. Um, so basically, you start chat texting with somebody, and then you can press a button to um, make them to invite them to join you in a private chat, and then it starts encrypting all the stuff, and nobody else can sneak. Theoretically, hmm. um, takes some because you were trying to do that on yourself, and then you're just getting the unencoded stuff. Right. So what what happens when you view the raw text message? Is it really just looks like a string of gibberish? I mean, it means nothing. I mean, you will get it, but unless you have the app, it's securely encrypted into nothing. What's cool about it is it's using asymmetric keys, right? Yep. So you have to do a key exchange first, which allows you to decrypt each other's keys. But without knowing each other's keys, you can't do anything. So it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's got to pick packet sniff before this could... You got a package and have the encryption key going to you. Well, it's a, it's a really weird kind of thing too, because not only do you have to decrypt it, you have to somehow also figure out how to intercept a cell signal, because it goes over the regular text message thingamabob. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's pretty tricky, also. So I'll put a link to the the picture of this actually in the show notes. I uh, took a picture, a screenshot of Mighty Text, but it'll be a you know a picture of the of the base sixty four encoding. Mm-hmm. And and that brings on all your past text messages for like instance. Bulk bags make noise on Tuesdays and Fridays, but not days of the month that are divisible by four. You know, I think you like that. Or days that have the moonlight visible in the Pyramid of Two. I see. I didn't know how to spell two in common. Either way, um, that was encrypted. Was it? No. Oh. Everybody could have seen that message. So tell us, about, tell us about one of the limitations of it, though. Somebody else has to be running Android. Okay. And it's... Character limit. 60 characters, yes. Yeah. Do you know, um, do you have any idea why? So you know how you get the normal 120 when you just have the non-encrypted stuff? But yep. when it encrypts it, it has to make it all base 64 or something. Right, and, and that inflates just, the data, yeah. so you have to have room for padding and stuff. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, but just send two. Right, that's fine. Yeah. And, it, and you're, you're paying that convenience factor in the you know terms of security. Mm-hmm. So nobody is ever going to figure out what you've been texting. And what's cool about this is, let's say you did have Mighty Text in your computer, and somebody's, you know... Snooping on your computer, they can read all your text messages. But not if you use this, because Mighty Text won't be able to decode it. It just looks like crap to them. I mean, they'll know that you've been sending messages encrypted, but they won't know what they are. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty nice. It's that's just kind of fun. Yeah, because it, it's it's not harder to send encrypted messages. It's just no. as easy as regular texting. Right. You just need it's to just have so much the app. more annoying. Yeah, a little. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a plug here too, and this is the first week you've actually done a plug the right way. So thank you. Yay. Uh, so my plug this week is actually something that I had to pay for. You you bought an app? Yeah, I really did. On, on an Android phone? Yeah, really. This is the first time. So last week, we had found the sad, unfortunate news that Listen, my podcasting app of pleasure, was being discontinued. Discontinued. Completely. Just destroyed. Decimated. So do you know what I did? What'd you do? I started this week with a resolution in mind. To find a new podcasting app. Did you find one? I did. It's called Beyond Pod. Beyond Pod? Mm-hmm. So it's uh it's free to try for seven days and then it's and then it goes into a light version mode. So then the light version has the stipulation that you can't hit one button to refresh all feeds. You have to refresh one each one individually. Oh. So if you only listen to two shows, it's not a big deal. But I listen to like thirty, 
Yeah. And, you know, hitting a button 30 times, waiting, you know, and stuff. That would take a long time. I don't have time for that. Yeah. So I just paid the seven entire crapping dollars. Seven dollars. That's a lot of dollars. That is a lot of dollars. Do you know how many dollars that is? It's a lot. That is six dollars too many, just so you know. Yeah. Well, was it worth it, you asked? Was it? Yeah, definitely. Was it too white? You're complaining about the last ones he bought. It was it was way too bright. Like he wanted a dark color scheme on the last app. Well, so Tweet Lanes actually brought in that feature. Uh, this actually does have skin, so that's good. Good too. It, it has a lot of features. So uh, one one of the things it can do is it can actually do video podcasts. That's nice. So right in the app. But the better feature is you can download the video podcast. And let's say you're walk you're on the bus and you don't want to have your phone out because you know muggers, right? Muggers. Well, you don't really need to have a video podcast playing. If you can't see the video, right? Mm -hmm. Well, you know what you can do in real time? You can get an audio version of any video podcast you have downloaded. So what it'll do is it'll just not show you the audio. It'll just play the audio from that file. Pretty pretty nice, actually. That is. Uh, other things that it does is it is it uh, has a smart scheduling tool, so it, it'll know it'll prefer it'll analyze when you listen and it'll analyze when you, there's Wi-Fi around and it'll download it off peak hours. It 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 lets you. Uh, Organize things really well, so it learns what your listening preference is. So if you skip every week, maybe, for instance, the tech guy, Leo Laporte, if you skip that every week, it won't put that in your playlist at the top. It'll put it at the bottom. Hmm. If you listen to the talk show with John Gruber, it'll put that up on the top because it's a great show. I mean, our competitors have great shows. Yeah. Um, did I mention it was $7? Yeah, that's kind of a lot. It is kind of a lot. Well, I, I also got it, again, because... It syncs with Google Reader, very important to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just, it's just a good app. The, the, there are a few things I don't like about it. It, it's not Tweetlanes. Hmm. You know, I, I've been spoiled. Tweetlanes is an Android 4.0 and above app. Like, you, you and can't, I can't use it. No, you can't, because you have what? Gingerbread. Gingerbread 2.3. This is an app that works on anything above 2.2. It's a great app. It looks fine, but it's not. You can tell when you use it that it wasn't built with Android 4 in mind. You can just tell. Mm -hmm. But overall, I highly recommend it. Maybe if you don't want, if you don't listen to too many shows, you probably go the free route. Um, but if you do listen to a lot, if you listen to more than ten, how about that? You probably don't want to ever hit refresh on every one of them. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So try out Beyond Pod. So that so so before, I'll get the trial. Right. So it's a free trial for seven days for full, and then you get um you know you could just hit refresh on each one individually for after that. I also want to add too that. Finding out what the best pod podcasting app was. Do you know how hard this was? You had to Google? Nearly impossible, actually. Because you know why? Everybody doesn't have one? No, everybody does have a podcasting app. But unfortunately, they're all from 2009, 2010, 2011, 2012, but in January. None of them are from, right, you know, right now, today, when new apps could be released at any time. Hmm. You know, since um, since a bunch of the reviews I had written... Some of them had left, some of them had emerged, so it's really hard to find good apps at any immediate time. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. So I hear you have some uh, some stuff to talk about. I do have some stuff to talk about. You want to talk about some stuff? Yeah. What okay. am I going to talk about? Do you know? Well, I, don't, I don't know. Let's say one. What do you think I want to talk about? Some FSF thing. I was hoping you were going to say Linux, because then I was going to say, I couldn't hear you. Um, what did you just say? I mean, I just, I said Linux. What? Yeah, I said Linux. You're going to have to get closer to the mic. I can't hear oh, you. Oh, I meant GNU Linux. Oh, I heard you that time. Yeah. I love following those kind of jokes. <laughs> I know. It's so, so much fun. Um, but as you know, we're going to rip RMS today. So do you want me to bleep like every time you say Linux? <laughs> no, you don't have to do that. Okay. That's, a, that's a lot of work. And we won't be needing that. 
So, as you know, I'm a member of the FSF. Yeah. Because I what value freedom. For? The Free Software Foundation. Okay. Um, good, I get it right. Oh, good. <laughs> you <laughs> had to look it up. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I, I, I instinctively knew it because I've been so passionate about this topic. Either way, um, instead of like giving money back to Ubuntu or Debian or any distro that I really like, I just give to the FSF $5 a month, and then that makes my conscience killed free. For exploiting all them stuff. Like, you know how many times I've downloaded Ubuntu just to re-download it from their mirrors? Thousands of times I've done the same thing. Yeah. Like, I never have a stable copy of Ubuntu yeah. just sitting there when I need it. See, my stable copy's always been on a Ubuntu install that's exploded. So, I've always needed to download it again. But, um, every six months they send you a bulletin. And a newsletter of things that are going on. Um, and it's just... it's kind of gives you a direction of the show. And by the show, I mean, um... You know, non-profit organization. The, the organization, the, the foundation, maybe. And because, as you know, we don't have that many stories to talk about, even though we had a ton of stories to talk about. Um, well, we're good at taking up time, aren't we? Yeah. Oh. Playing some commercials, advertising for Toshiba and some other companies. You have nothing better to do. No, um, I don't. Basically, I want to address the issues of this bulletin. Like, you'd expect this to be like, kind of like a mission report, like something like the FSF needs to be doing, or like um, flyers of things that it has to have. No, it's, it's, it's people whining about um, Emacs mugs. So You, mean, gotta, you mean that there's an Emac mug? So you know the terrible text that are Do you Emacs. literally go into Emacs and type in mug, and then you get just a yeah. mug appears? Um, no, it's a coffee mug that has um, the word Emacs on it, and then the steam coming off the mug um, looks like the GNU guy. Um, the GNU guy. The GNU. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, and it's a reference cup. Like, it has a bunch of little quick shortcuts and a bunch of other things on the side of it. Um, in 18 hours, somebody bought them all. That's a lot. One I think they bought, like, ten mugs. Like, they only had ten mugs stocked or something. I mean, that's impossible. Who uses Emacs and who buys stuff from the FFS You know, when I read programmer blogs, a lot of people really do use Emacs. I mean, it's it's amazing. Would somebody go out and buy a mug of it? Well, I have to tell you that even in uh, even in my scheme class in first semester at the U, we had to use Emacs. I stopped doing that because it sucked. I instead mm-hmm. used Vim. Yeah. I'm, a real editor in my dad. And this is just, I, I went to the um, Free Software Foundation shop to see if it's actually back in stock now. And then I noticed something. In order to make money, I started doing something really scamful. What is it? So they have a color printer okay. in their office, mm-hmm. and they're desperate for money. So what do you think they would do if they had just a regular color printer? They'd print things. Yes. So That was really the answer? I thought it was a yes, trick question. Do you remember our Steve Jobs pictures we each have? Yeah. And I have an RMS version. Like yeah. On my yeah. wall, mm-hmm. I have a hanged picture right now of RMS. Hung? Hung. Don't worry about it. Uh, my grammar is out the window today, as you noticed. Well, I've me. just been stammering the whole day, so I don't know either. Yeah. Let's take a look at this. Let okay. me block that. See that? That's just a regular sheet of printer paper. So is the thing you're blocking, like... The price tag. Oh, okay. I'm blocking the price tag. It's a picture of RMS printed on a standard office-colored printer and it, on and a piece of standard what, paper. What, what is that signature? That is an act... RMS signed that himself. Oh, he okay. He says, happy hacking, RMS. So it's twenty nine ninety nine. Hundred bucks. Oh crap! That's hundred, a lot. like not even glossy photo-backed paper. Man, does he want money or what? Yeah, I wow. mean that's just. Does that go just go to him or is that? A... It goes to the FSF. So I mean, he's the one who flies around in a jet everywhere. Um, with open source controls. Yes, with, without open source controls. Um, I mean, it's just I would nobody could ever do that. Um, I mean, I would love to get a GNU T-shirt, but they're really expensive. I'd love to get a shirt that says "Happy Hacking," but. Um, I, I would never spend more than 20 bucks on a t-shirt, ever. Um, this t-shirt I'm wearing right now is 2 bucks. Um, stingy. Always have been, always will be. 
Oh, oh, that's for later. Um, but it just kind of sets that RMS is kind of going a little crazy. They're than usual trying to raise money. Um, and then the um, second thing I'm gonna talk about is their other scam for raising money. So, do you know um, the secure boot thing we've been talking about for the past couple of weeks? Yeah, the um, secure boot thing. That's that's where in in Windows 8 doesn't necessarily require it, but Microsoft is really pushing for it. So it's a it's an EFI thing. So um, essentially, your bootloader has to be signed. Yes. But not by Microsoft, right? No, no, it just needs a certificate. So so really, Microsoft has nothing to do with this? It's all about the manufacturer? It's all about the manufacturer putting a modern BIOS-like thing and needing some security. Oh, well then, why would the FSF send me a two-page letter saying that Microsoft is an evil company trying to control the world, and the only way they can stop Microsoft is if I take this envelope that they gave me, return, fill out this card, and give them 35 bucks? You know what I like to call that? Scam. I'd like to call that propaganda. Yeah. Um, so they sent me this two-letter, two-page letter slamming Microsoft saying how they're going to destroy the world um, because of the secure boot thing. And it's all Microsoft's fault. And it kind of bothers me. I, I think it's really uh, bizarre that they're, uh, you know, it, it does sound alarming when you when you talk about it. But it's not like Ubuntu couldn't afford a secure boot. Yeah, uh, that's certificate. Something we're going to talk about a little later. Oh, okay. Um, then. OpenSUSE is um, actually showing it's starting to get a plan for getting a secure boot plan. Okay. Um, what is the plan? The plan is they're going to make a plan. Seriously. Oh. That's that's what that's the part they're at right now. That sounds wobbly. Um, it's it's a little more than that. Um, but apparently for months now they've months been deciding now. to uh, whether or not they should have their own um, secure boot plan. And well, um, so Fedora is actually implementing something right now. So there's two oh. things that I think is interesting. So Secure Boot probably won't even be on the first wave of laptops later this year. Mm-hmm. Why? Because everybody's every every AMD board that you put in a laptop, no no EFI. Most Intel boards probably still going to be using old stock without an EFI anyway. The computers early next year might have it on the uh, on the uh, Intel boards, but you know even that's questionable. And um, I think people who uh, know what they're doing and want Linux, most of the manufacturers I hear are going to let a toggle exist in the BIOS setting still. Yeah. So there's nothing to worry about. I don't um, think so. Because I don't hate Microsoft. I do flat out hate Apple. Um, uh, but I just thought it was kind of funny how um, that's going to destroy the world. Yeah. Um, according to them. Meh. But Susie's doing it, and Fedora has something similar to the UFI thing. Um, they, they have some SELI thing. Um, still secure, um, but it's different. And basically, this, this bulletin goes on to say that they have a bunch of other problems with the world, um, and nothing of it actually seems kind of relevant no. to anything. No, well, that's um, their own little dream world, I guess. But they did bring up one interesting article. Um, it's the right to repair your own products. Repair? Um, yes. Okay. So um, some cars and stuff, like they don't, because of safety standards, you're not allowed to touch things. No, that makes some um, sense. Yeah, but if you own something, you should be able to take it apart without copyright infringement. Um, like you can look, you should be able to open up your phone, look what's inside, and be able to run whatever software you want on it. But as you know, that's not true. No, definitely um, not. Like you, you can't take apart an, an iPad and put Android on it, even though you can technically. Um, yeah. There are several guides on the interwebs it's that been will done. tell you how to do it. Yeah, but I mean, it's been done, but it's never been put to a useful point. No, well, it's just kind of a joke. I mean, it doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, it's like putting like, BSD on your well, Xbox. Well, no, it's kind of like uh, my touchpad. I mean, it was a piece of crap with with uh, what was it called WebOS, mm-hmm. and without putting Linux on it, I mean Android, I mean Linux, kind of. Uh, well, without putting Android on it, 
It would have been worthless. It would just be a paperweight. Yeah, a but, glassy mirror. Mm-hmm. And then RMS also has a really good article about explaining that ebooks are a problem and they are an attack of your freedom. So that's actually a well-written article. I I I have expressed my hatred towards Kindle eBooks, right? Mm-hmm. I I have said that I think they're ridiculous. I mean, the only time just hoping I've... sure, just making sure. Yeah. So, okay. Good. And then there's it's a couple other things. Um, one interesting thing is the Liberated Pixel Cup. What is that? It's a not bunch like of... the mugs you were talking about earlier. No, okay. this is a little different. Um, so basically, it's a two-part project um, where a bunch of people make some terrible graphics that look old school, and then they donate them and license them under the GPL 3, and then a bunch of people take that those graphics and make a little stupid game out of them. And whoever can make the best game looking the most stupid wins. Hmm. Yeah, it, it's kind of an interesting challenge. We'll know the results soon, because I guess the submission's closed and they're being judged or what, something. What, what language is that in? Oh, uh, up to you. Okay. You can do whatever you want. I'll be making my entry in Greenfoot. Yeah, don't do that. I'm not. I, I, wait, I don't think RMS approves Greenfoot. No, definitely not, except yeah. uh, I hope not. Yeah. But also, they had the um, 2011 Free Software Awards, because, you know, it's the second, it's, yeah. it's a biannual bulletin. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, basically, Lewis Falcon, um, he's the president of the GNU, um, accepted the award for uh, projects of social benefit, and I can't pronounce his name, but... Uh, the guy who made Ruby has made an advance. Oh, really? Won the award for the advancement of the Free Software Foundation. Well, that makes sense. Ruby's pretty advancing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. So I know you know like the Ruby Ruby guy. I don't know. I like him. You like his face. You always tell me that. I don't know. But when we go with that. Yeah. Also, um, some interesting news that matters to human beings. All right, the FSF kind of doesn't really. How do I say matters at all to anything? Really? Um, but there's actually been quite a bit of interesting Linux news in the world. So, do you know how operating systems are getting more and more complex? Definitely. They're getting bigger. Yes. Um, and so the standard 700 megabytes is kind of a hard mark to hit these days. Right. So on an installation disk, there's just not enough room anymore. Yeah. Because, you know, Chrome takes at least 100. Mm-hmm. Wait, no. <laughs> no, and that doesn't. 23. Um, regardless, you know, you want to drop GNOME because they're a bunch of idiots. Right, um, and they replaced it with something worse. Yes, they did. Unity. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll slam Ubuntu in a moment with okay. so another project they're doing. Um, but Debian is getting rid of GNOME actually. Um, really? Yes. What are they going to replace it with? They're replacing it with Xface oh. for one main reason only. What is it? Smaller. To hit the 700 megabit mark, they need to use Xface because so, it gets a lot smaller. Well, um, it is. But what did they? What were they using before that took up so much space? And why can't they just? I mean, what what did they add recently that that's pushing them over? Who knows? Um, we don't know. I and mean, Weezy's going to have a bunch of extra things to it. Oh, okay. Um, but you can still with the DVD installation disc, you can pick GNOME still. Hmm. Um, it's not like they're getting rid of it. It's just the default 700 megabyte CD will be X-Face. Yeah, it's funny. It it just seems odd that people care about their UI. Well, no, but um, media size because I never burn discs anymore i mean but stereotypically people who run debian on their machines run machines from like the 2000s oh okay well yeah i guess i'm not doing that yeah i mean most people do thumb drive yeah that's what i do now yeah and i've been working on this project and it's actually one of of my earliest blog posts because my blog is going live tomorrow night we're actually technically it's going live in a few more hours i'll leave this section out for you because it's not gonna happen oh don't worry let it be there people are used to disappointment it's good practice for them um it's not good practice to be disappointed? No. Okay. Um, but GNOME is releasing that they're going to make their own operating system. Really? Yeah. Well, they might as well. I mean, like what graphical is it interface. Be GNOME OS. Huh. That's yeah. creative. It's better than Chrome OS. 
Well, no actually, OS. it's better. No, I don't know about that. It's actually going to get past the login screen. Well, that was in a VM a long time ago. It's come a long way. Yeah, supposedly. Um, but this. Hey, it looks like Unity. What? Looks like Unity. What does? Gnome three? Yeah. No, it doesn't. It's different. You have the on and off button. It does look very Fedora esque, though. Okay, um, it still looks like Unity. No, it's distinctly different. The dock, there's a dock on the left, but it's not. Not not that kind of dock. Yeah. Oh. Okay. It's it's so it's like a like, Mac OS ten like dock. Pin kind of thing. Okay. You you pin things to it. Um, it it's a good thing. Um. How do you make an OS out of that? Well, throw a kernel behind it and do some other things. An af- graphical interface is always the hardest part of yeah. an operating system. Well, I, I, it makes makes or breaks it. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, but also, so you know how all Linux, um, I'm pretty sure your Mac uses X11, doesn't it? Yeah, sometimes um, if it wants to. And Solaris does and everything does. Yeah. Um, I mean, it has the ability. Although I should say, uh, in Mountain Lion, they actually took out the built-in um, X11. Yeah, I was actually, I heard about that. Yeah, they took out the X11, but they did open source their implementation. So it's just, it's still, you can, you can download it and hit, hit the go button anytime you want. It's just not included by default. Mm-hmm. I mean, who you really uses X11, like, as a consumer that buys a Mac? Yeah, I mean, it's just the way things have been done in the Linux lands. Right. Uh, genius, Linux lands. Oh, my mistake. Um, but no, Ubuntu's been dropping X. Um, and their plan was to do that on the next launch in this October. Um, 12 10. Yeah. Yeah. But guess what? No. They can't do it in time. Uh, it's, huh. they said they're gonna do it, they're still gonna switch to Wayland. Um, it's supposed to be able to, it's supposed to increase 3D abilities. Like, Wayland is supposed to be pure 3D whatever, and so, um, things should look beautiful on it. Interesting. It's just not gonna be ready till 1304. So, we gotta wait for that a little longer, and who's actually waiting for Ubuntu to make something anymore? I gave up after Meerkat. I don't, I don't know if it matters anymore, like, Ubuntu isn't for you. It's for normal people. I, I wouldn't even say that. It's for no tech getting their foot in the ground. I don't know. No, I don't even think so. I'm, I mean, it, of course it is, and it will be for those people. Uh, they qualify under normal, but it's legit for normal people. Yeah. I, mean, I can't. I guess I can't really kill it that much. But it, it's just, I hate, I need an X button. Even though I only use keyboard it, shortcuts to close windows. Ubuntu 12.04 definitely does have an X button. You have to make it visible before you can click it. I know, but the theory is that you don't ever need to close an application. Well, I mean, it's Alt F4. That's just like a Mac, then. Kill 7. Yeah. So many ways to kill an application. Mostly. You don't need an X button. Yeah, uh, something like that. But, I mean, just hiding that is just enraging for me. Crap. What'd you do? Close the show notes. <laughs> so enraged. Well, you know, let me, let, let's go on to our main topics, actually. Yeah, I guess I talked a little longer about that. Hey, what do I have here? A phone. A new phone. A new phone. Hey, what do I have here? Your old new phone. My old new phone. Well, that sounds really funny when you say it like that. Oh my gosh, the way it is open. Same time on both phones. I'm impressed. So, uh, I, what I have here in my hand is, in my left hand, I have a Virgin Mobile HTC Evo 4, uh, V4G. Mm-hmm. In my right hand, I have a Virgin Mobile HTC One V. And your leftmost hand, you have an LG Optimus Elite. No. You don't have three hands? No. Oh. You'd, you'd like to you'd like to see that though, wouldn't you? I would love to see that. In my left hair tentacle. <laughs> okay, I would not want my phone in your leftmost hair tentacle. <laughs> Just saying. Why not? I think that could be potentially unsterile. That uh, yeah. This no. okay. I'm good with that. So what do I have here? I have a new phone. You have some. Well, this isn't a phone for me. I, I'm very happy with my phone as it is. No, this is a new phone for my mom actually. So today, before she went to a little trip to Wisconsin, uh, because this is Saturday, this is the last day for a sale at Radio Shack, where you can get a wonderful 
uh, HTC One V on Virgin Mobile for one seventy nine ninety nine and a thirty five dollar airtime card included. Uh, well, we got that today, and of course it's Saturday, so it ends tomorrow, right? Yeah. Well, it ends today, and tomorrow it won't exist. Mm-hmm. So this is the new phone that she's going to be using. She's dumping her BlackBerry, which I also have around here somewhere. Yeah, so, you, we have so many devices so, so, on the table. I know, it's ridiculous. Eight, like eight laptops, four desktops, 16 laptop phone things. Get a bunch of magic together. Yeah, I made all of that up, just so you know. If you'd like to have us review your product, please send it to us. Anyway. We will get it back. After I buy it. If it's good. Mm-hmm. So, buying it. Here, let me tell you how this went. So, we walk into the store, and my mom says, hey, the, you know, the, the Radio Shack guy, he's bored to death. Like, it's, we're the first people who have come to the store all day. Mm-hmm. It's like 9.30. They yep. open at 9. And, uh, well, he's like, hey, can I help you? And it's like, yeah, I'm looking for this uh, HTC One V phone. And he says, sure, I'll go get one for you. And it's like, okay. He brings it out, and then he says, well, would you be interested in any cases or screen protectors? But he doesn't say screen protectors. He says screensavers. And I thought that was funny. I mean, it is a screensaver. Say screens. I know, but it's so lame. Just so you know. Okay. So lame. I've really got to get this sleeping thing fixed. Just fix it. No. Well. Screen protectors. Yeah, screen protectors. So we uh, we we agreed to getting a Zag screen protector. Oh, good. Um, but here's why I didn't want to. My phone, feel my phone, just swipe across that glass screen. Ah, it's so beautiful. Oh, wait, did I, I already gave it away. It's glass, that's the point. Swipe around this phone. It's just like mine, it's plastic. Well, actually, it, it is glass, but the stupid screen protector's already on it. Oh. I didn't want a screen protector for this phone. It's a glass screen. I don't need one. Well, we got one anyway for $20. It's $12 through Zag Direct. Just saying. Don't let them con you into things. So then we, um, one of the cool things Radio Chef will do for you is they'll let you, uh, activate the phone in store. They'll, you know, do all the switching stuff for you, mm-hmm. which is a really nice courtesy. Yeah, Best Buy did that for me. Right. It's really nice, isn't it? So you mm-hmm. don't even have to call up your old provider to get your number switched and all that horrible stuff. Well, they messed it up. How bad? So bad that, uh, when I got back home today, mm-hmm. uh, it still wasn't activated. So then my mom, of course, left her little trip, you know, her day trip, and she came back around 8.30 or so, and, well, it still wasn't activated because, well, he messed it up so bad. Mm-hmm. So then we had a call. So getting it activated. Now, this is a fun story where we call them. So my mom had this Blackberry. So the, 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 you know, when you call Virgin Mobile, have you ever called Virgin Mobile? No, I have not. Well, you get some guy in India, usually, right? And that's mm-hmm. fine. I don't mind. Well, we didn't get a guy in India. We got some lady somewhere else. You know what their department's called? What? Virgin Mobile Blackberry. Wow. So they have an entire Blackberry department for all four users left. Now there's three because my mom left. Mm-hmm. So, um, so one of the things when you have a Blackberry is you have, in the, you know, in the old days, right? It was uh-huh. $25 per month and then a $10 extra fee because you had the Blackberry services. Like, there's some extra BlackBerry service thing that you had to have. Okay. Because this used to be the premium phone on Virgin Mobile before yeah. all the Androids came out. Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you something. What? It was a travesty. We had to get transferred to headquarters. Headquarters, huh? Yeah. Wow. Well, it's funny because when we... So, you know, they put you on hold, mm-hmm. and then, you know, you wait a minute for somebody to pick up in headquarters. Same person. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> they didn't really... Tra- no. Same person. Hello, this is headquarters. Really? Yeah, same person. Wow. Yeah. So that That's a was a good trick. It was kind of a cool trick. I just thought it was interesting and amusing. So they they had us read off our little serial number thing and, you know, they told us that, you know, obviously that you're going to lose your old plan and you can't go back. But that's fine. Not a problem. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't that bad getting it activated, but we had to call and that's annoying. So, you know, the Virgin Mobile website sucks. You can't activate it there. 
Probably because the Radio Shack guy messed it up. Yeah. So what do you think about this phone? You've got a chance to play with it a little bit. I do. I just, I like the feel of mine. Like, it, it's, I mean, there's no problems with the phone. Like, it's, it's ice cream sandwich, isn't it? Yes, this is ice cream sandwich. Yeah, I mean, it's it's quite nice. Um, It's very responsive. It's very nice to hold and stuff. But it just seems too narrow. So this phone has an absurd, like, 19, wait, 16 by 9, like, thing. Like there's it's not a good enough true aspect ratio. It is, but there's not enough bezel. You can't grip it. It's like it's really tall and not wide enough. Yeah. But I've always said this. When I got that phone for the first time, the first few days, mm-hmm. my hands hurt so bad because you're not used to holding that phone. Mm. When I hold this phone, my hands don't know what to do because they panic. Yeah, they panic. It's like, why is it so thin? What do I do? Um, so you you tried some of the you know you you used a little bit of it, right? Yeah, I love the um panning. So does it swipe as fast as yours? About the same. So it doesn't swipe as fast as mine. One one place you can notice it a lot. Now, you can't do this because you don't have the ring. But when I do this ring on this uh, little 1V... See it lag a little. You can see it lag a little, but let, let me show you the ring on my phone. Seamless. Yeah. Or seamless more. More seamless. More seamless. Not not totally seamless. Not totally. But less seamful. Less seamful. Okay. I'm not even sure what's going on anymore. Well, here, let me tell you something. If you'd like to look forward to my 5,000-word review coming in two weeks, uh, I will tell you some of the finer points. But when I first picked up the phone, I thought it was more dense than it could possibly be, similar to the reaction I had when I touched my first iPhone 4. Yeah. Um, weird things. There's no battery that you can remove. So that is pretty weird. So if you run out of battery, you're out of luck. You have to just charge it like normal. Also, if you're, free, if you're freed, you know, if your phone freezes, what do you do? Who knows? You actually just hold the power button for 10 seconds. Mm. And... Up volume. Really? Apparently, that's a hard reset or something. Mm. Who knows? Uh, other weird things. It has a chin. Yeah, and I also heard the speakers from the chin. So uh, the speaker is right where the chin begins to curve towards you when you hold it, like you know, a phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, what that does is, that when you set it down flat, it will, as you can imagine, sound better. The sound will come out towards you through, you know, because the chin's raised, the speakers will just blare mm-hmm. right out. Yeah. Another cool trick is because this phone is running ice cream sandwich, when you put it down like this, it will, if you're in a call, it will automatically go to speaker mode. Oh. Um, face down. Now, let's say you're in a meeting mm-hmm. and you you forget to turn off your ringer, and you sun, and it's in your pocket, and you start suddenly like trying to fumble your way your phone out of your pocket, right? Mm-hmm. It'll sense the movement and turn its ringer off. It'll still keep ringing, you know, but quietly. Oh. So yeah, that way you don't disturb people yeah. uh, in your meetings. That's cool. So there are some cool specialty features in this phone. Uh, it's really nice. Of course, this is the first day. It's an initial thing. I will have to have my mom on as a special to review this more formally. Yeah, and she can talk about all the deals she got. Yeah, it was. Uh, she got that deal. Yeah, sounds impressive. Mm-hmm. So uh, goodbye back, Larry. <laughs> goodbye, property. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah, I'm okay with it. So, do you want to tell about some hacking? Epic hacking? I heard there's this epic hacking this week. So, we don't have a lot of main stories. That's why we're doing the phone fluff. But this week, something really big happened. Mm-hmm. So, there's this guy called Matt Honan. And he's an editor for Gizmodo. Or he was. Now he's a writer for Wired. Uh, and, you know, you know, there's, there's some uh, bad things happening out in the world. So, earlier this week... He was just sitting and playing with his kid, mm-hmm. and his iPhone dies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it could have been like, you know, iPhones die all the time, right? You know, it's hardware, it's software. Yeah. Something could go wrong. It could suddenly just reformat itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, if Windows did that, I would cry, and I would blame Microsoft forever. If my iPhone does that, oh, not Apple's fault. 
Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, so what happens is that his iPhone dies, and then it's like, oh, I'll just restore later. Well, he goes back to his, uh, you know, Mac, and, uh, well, you, he has to enter this PIN. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a PIN. He goes to check his iPad. Same thing. So then he knows something's wrong. His iPad died? Yeah. iPad also had a PIN number that he didn't know. Oh. So here's what happens. Uh, these evil hackers got into his iCloud account. Oh. And uh, they reset all the devices. Now, he had Find My Mac, Find My iPhone, and Find My iPad enabled. They don't help. Well, unfortunately, what they do is they allow you to remote wipe. Yeah. And so what happened is the evil hackers remote wiped all of his things. Mm. Now, what do you suppose the evil hackers were going for? App account? No, they were actually going after his Twitter. So what they did is they found out what email address the Twitter password recovery was attached to. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. And so in order to uh, get access to that, it was his Gmail account. Well, his Gmail account had a backup recovery email account, which was his .Mac account, right? You following so far? Mm-hmm. Well, his .Mac account had a, you know, a, a, a password, but the yeah. password wasn't compromised. Do you know what was compromised? What was compromised? Well, through some magical tricks, they um, were able to get a new password. Oh. They were, uh, what, what they did is they called up Amazon. No, I was talking about Apple. Why do you think Amazon is involved? I have no idea. Well, so what you can do with Amazon is, or at least initially, you could call them up and ask them to, you could add a fake credit card number to your account. Now, I know you've never done this. I would never do this either. Wouldn't you just do it through the web interface? Right? Well, yeah. you can actually add a credit card. And what they do is they'll read off the last four digits on all the credit cards present. Oh. Um, after you've done, after you're done adding them. So like, let's say you add, you know, blah, 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 you know, all the credit card numbers. And they'll say which credit cards you have linked to your account. So then they'll say four, five, six, one and eight, two, nine, two, right? Mm-hmm. Trust me, those are not my credit card ending digits. I believe that. I have no idea. I don't watch TV. Well, what you can do with those last four digits is you can call up Apple. And if you call up Apple and you give them your name, your address, your phone number, and the last four digits of your credit card that's linked with your account, you know what you can do? You get can a get a new password. password. So then his .Mac account was pa- uh, compromised. And then with that, they did the password recovery on the Gmail account. And then with that, they got into the Gmail account. And then they got into the Twitter account. And while they were on the Twitter account, they tweeted some crap. And that's the end of the story. What kind of crap? Do you know? Um, Racist, homophobic, and other, uh, you know, ridiculous things. Hmm. So, it's interesting. So, one of the things that people suggest is you turn on two-factor authentication because when they did the password recovery, well, you still need a, a second factor because it won't turn off. Even if you did get a reset password, unless you have the phone, it won't go off. Hmm. Unfortunately, since his phone was reset, the app wouldn't have been installed on his phone, so it would have still been a little weird. But that that's kind of a weird thing, too, I guess. So, eventually, they did talk to the hackers about it, and... and um it's just interesting that, hey, you've got mail. Uh, it's just interesting that despite having a secure password, like his password was 20 characters long, but it wasn't that. It was just because the services had back doors. Like, hey, I forgot my account. Can I ask you a security question? You know, like that. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say my security question was, what was my favorite teacher in elementary school? Like, it wouldn't be too hard to find that out, right? Yeah. It would be the teacher with all the pictures on my account. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. like some school activity or something. So there's a lot of things that you um, need to watch out for that. Uh, What do you think about this? Um, I'm trying to reset my Apple ID password right now. Really? Yes. Well, that's... I see. This show would prompt me to see if I could still hack into my old account. That's a good idea. Um, Turns out that um, on iCloud, when you forgot your password, it has this little button that pops up and says, 
I forgot. Oh, really? Your password. I, that's I that was that's kind, kind of, of a, kind of a good joke, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I just um, I'm trying to use my email authentication. So if somebody if I left my laptop open and if somebody had my email, they could just prompt for an email recovery. Hmm. So yeah, Matt, ever heard that the Macs were the most secure thing in the world? Yeah, I hear about that a lot. Well, I'm in. So just having an email is all you need. Yeah. Um, but but know. didn't you get the email like sent to your inbox or something? Mm-hmm. Right, so you need to be logged in to something else. Yeah, but also. if I if I, some, if I left my laptop open, well, yes, but that's a non-issue because if you have physical access, you're screwed anyway, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they could put a keylogger on your account and then they'd have your entire life. Mm-hmm. But but I think the lesson learned from this, and now I've been doing this for months. I've been doing this since 2011, since I had my first Android phone. I've been using the built-in Google Authenticator app. Yeah. Um. So anytime you log into a computer anywhere else in the world, like not at home, but you know if you're just in the library or at your school, uh, school uh, bookstore, or you're in your school computer lab or wherever, you need to have a, a, not a text message, but that's an option. But you can you need to generate a little six-digit code through your Android phone, your iPhone, or whatever, and mm-hmm. you need to put that in after you put in your password. Yeah, and that authenticates you, and it's really it really it, I, I think it would help for a lot of people. And it's just an extra security measure. Uh, Facebook also has the same thing too. So if you go to the Facebook app and you scroll all the way down in that little sidebar menu thing, it'll say generate code. Mm-hmm. It won't tell you what it's for, but you can generate a code through it. It's kind of cool. Yeah. So are you going to turn on double factor authentication? Probably not. You should. I have LastPass. Now, so actually that, that, that brings up an interesting question. Now, isn't LastPass even more vulnerable? Because look at LastPass. You can download the key, like, you can download the, the, the blob, the, you know, the binary blob that's decoded. You can download that even without a password. You just, you know, you just fetch it. You, you put in your, um, put in, you put in the email address, you put in some bogus password and it can't decrypt, but it is downloading. Yeah. Into the, like, you know, browser cache somewhere. Mm-hmm. But then somebody could totally brute force that on their 400 CPU cluster. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, isn't that even more vulnerable? Well, here, I have a solution. You can do dual-factor authentication for LastPass also. But here's a recursive problem. If you have LastPass and you have double-factor authentication on both LastPass and Google, you can't sign into one or the other at the same time. Hmm. That sounds problematic. Yeah, so that's, that's a problem I haven't been able to figure out yet. So what I've done is my account that I use for everything, mm-hmm. that is double factored. Okay. Other accounts just have obscene passwords with nonsensical recovery methods. So mm-hmm. like one of them is, where's my keys? Where are my keys? I don't have, I don't even have a car. You know what the answer really is? Dead. France. France. Just so you know, it's actually Kentucky. Ah, yeah. I don't believe either of those now. Good. Yeah. But it definitely is a state. Mm. I didn't say of being. So, uh, what have you learned from that lesson? Learn anything? Yeah, um, I haven't found my iPad since April 3rd. Well, it is unfortunate. Hey, I'm getting a mini iPad as soon as I come out. Yeah, I hope that works out well for you. It won't. Yeah, I figured that. I just need it for show music. It's kind of a waste of a device just to get that. I know, I read a lot. Mm. So, I, you know, I use my, um, what do you call that thing? Touchpad. It's really heavy. To read in bed, like to sit there, and to hold that up above my face while I'm trying to read... You know, it it really is heavy, and it's big and bulky, and it falls over a lot. You know, the dog is not a good cushion. So, mm-hmm. uh, the mini iPad would be easier on her back and my hand. Well, in that case, go ahead. Yeah, I think so. So, do you have anything else today? Uh, no, I do not. No, you don't? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Well, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me at MatthewFletcher.com and my new blog at blog.matthewfletcher.com. What about your Twitter? Don't you tweet anymore? I've been tweet. tweeting so much. She's so hard. You, like you, you Daddy tweet. Ray's and everything. Yeah, you tweeted some Daddy Ray. Yeah. 
Yeah. At uh, Matt underscore Petrol at the Twitter. Yeah, at the Twitter. And of course, uh, you can find me, Ryan Rappersett, just about anywhere, especially on the Twitter, Ryan MR. And of course, this is at the Nexus. This is a show where we do tech news and talk about hacking, and occasionally we'll do a phone review, which will bring us the most views that you have ever heard of. And of course, we talk about GNU Linux. Not Linux. GNU Linux. Yeah. So, do you know... Do you have anything planned coming up or any, any big shows? What's, what's happening on Monday? You know, We have our quarterly review on Monday. Yes, we do. So that'll be something to look forward to. Yeah, if you I can't wait know, to record this. Right. If you want to know how well we're doing, I, I'm going to bring up the stats and I'm going to correlate all the data, data and you know, aggregate some big charts and tables. And, yeah. I hope you can remember all these stats to record because we're doing this Monday morning. Yeah, it, You know, I've been kind of working on it for a few days. Yeah. I, I just have to export the final spreadsheet and it'll all be good. I just have to eat Ritz crackers over here or whatever I can find. What? Today was Fig Newton. Oh, oh, I don't okay. have anything to do. Right. I'm just yeah. the quack co-host. Yeah, you just kind of sit there and that's fine. That's fine. Mm-hmm. TV's fine. You don't have to change it. Except Ooh. for when you do. Yeah. The Samsung. Yeah, I was thinking more like, ooh, yeah. That's more like consoles. Consoles are fine. You don't have to change them. Oh, by the way, I just wanted to say one thing. Swamp! <laughs> so I've, I finally have been the first to say swamp on air. Like yes, that. you definitely are the first. So That should be your double, double authenticator uh, password. You know, just where, where, uh, what was, where was, where was I born, swamp? Yeah, so we talked a lot about security today. Yeah. Uh, I, on secure twist, like, you know how you had to give a password phrase? Right. Yep. I did, I did a big week. Oh. What'd you do? LOL. Oh. <laughs> I think we're supposed to pick something secure. Well, I know it did say that, but it didn't stop me. It didn't stop me from Big Week. I know. Yeah, that's, that's too Well, my, my password for uh, my Windows 8 account, which is absurd, is Big Week also. <laughs> I don't even know if I have a password for my Windows 8. I don't know. I, I, I hate Windows 8. It doesn't work for me. Anyway, this was a good show. Yeah. Yeah. Have a good one. Yeah, have a good one. Watch out for cars. Bye.